Welcome to the first edition of the Ninth State Sports Show. My name is Joe Marcellina, and sitting with me here tonight is former Nashville North football coach Jason Roby, who will be our guest for the next half hour. Before we get into that, let me just introduce what we'll be doing here. Each Wednesday night, 7 p.m. at Riverside Barbecue in downtown Nashua, I'll be joined by a different guest to talk about what's going on in high school football. You can be a part of the conversation next week or any week after that by either joining us at Riverside or by emailing or tweeting us your questions. If you happen to miss us on a Wednesday night, don't worry. The show will be available to listen to Thursday mornings at nh-highschoolsports.com. Now that we got that out of the way, let's jump into our conversation here about uh, preseason football. Uh, you know, as we kind of talked about between ourselves yesterday, um, and again, I'm joined by uh, Jason Roby, former National North football coach. Uh, here we are, what, two weeks into preseason, uh, essentially. You know, what at this point, you, you know, during your, you know, what did you like about, you know, preseason? What did you want to try to do, you know, early on in this, this point of the year? I mean, you, you seen each other for two weeks officially but probably a couple of months now right well first joe thanks for having me uh, on your show i'm sure it's gonna um, be a hit with all the folks that are listening um oh, thank you yeah the preseason is is definitely uh, uh the official start uh, so much has changed in the last 20 years in terms of you know how teams approach their quote-unquote off seasons there's so many uh things that kids are involved with now with the seven on seven leagues and the and the camps and uh, certainly weight training and, and running uh, but you're right the last couple of weeks have been the official start of, of uh, the preseason and I think what a lot of coaches try to determine is what what is the pulse of the team what what is going to be uh, the thing that they can get out of their team in the preseason that really catapults them into the regular season there are so many things that you have to take care of that a lot of folks don't understand it everything ranging from equipment issue to fundraising which really takes a, a large chunk of your of your time uh when you're when you're a coaching staff that that has a lot of x's and o's to get in you have a lot of, uh, have to dissect the playbook you have to start uh working on on your opponents for the upcoming year so a lot of that stuff takes place in the offseason. Coaches will meet, uh, you know, the first two to two to three weeks before the school starts is really already scripted. So, so what what coaches are going to do in their practices has already been determined uh, way ahead of, of of practice actually starting. They, you know, coaches have been meeting all summer uh, up to that point. So. You know, one of the things is, is they'll come in with an offensive and a defensive plan for the day uh, and, a, and a special teams plan for the day, and, and you'll try to execute that. In addition, you have your conditioning that you have to take care of, and, and, and as I mentioned and alluded to before, is the, is the fundraising aspect of it. There's a lot of loose ends that you have to tie up before the school year starts uh, because then you're really off and running and you only get to see the kids for a couple hours a, a day. Um, so it's it's very involved. It's a it's an interesting uh, it's an interesting animal to be sure. Um, and there's a lot of bonding that goes on. You know, there's a lot of special uh, uh, things that teams will do to bring the to bring themselves together to to create a lot of camaraderie heading into the season. Um, and it's really a time to find out what kind of a football team you're going to be. You know, uh, talking to I think every coach and 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 most players this time of year they all say that first Wednesday is uh, is kind of like Christmas morning 
Uh, you, you know, you, you wait for it and, and yeah. you know, you count down the days to it. How long does it take for that to wear off? Because I imagine the two-a-days, yeah. especially the kids, it starts to get to some of them. You know, wh wh at what point do you start to see them? Is this the point, maybe, that you start to see them itching to hit someone else or <laughs> play just play against someone else? You know, it's funny. I, I've... Up until I re resigned from from coaching, I had been involved with coaching for 21 years and had played for for 15 years. So really, been in football has been a, a huge part of my life from the time I was seven years old. And regardless of whether it was you know pop Warner football or high school or college football or coaching, uh, you always get those butterflies in your stomach. You know that first day driving in, there's a lot of excitement. And, and part of it is you're hoping that all of the things that you've done in the off season uh, have prepared you for that first day, for the for the first time you can get together, um, you know, under the NHIA guidelines as a team to practice and, and, and start doing the things you want to do. There's certainly a lot to cover. Uh, you know, you don't just hit the ground running. There's, you know, you go over your rules and your expectations because, uh, even though we would love to have 100 kids involved in the off-season program, uh, that's not always the case, not to mention you have kids that are trying football for the first time. So you really have to, you know, you have to make it comfortable for those kids too because, you know, those, those freshmen coming in are, are going to be the future of your program. So you want to make sure that, that they feel welcome also. Um, so as, as itching as you are to get, get into the, the meat and potatoes, uh, you really have a lot of things that you need to cover uh, before you can do those things. And, and sometimes it's, you know, teaching a, a, a young man or, or a young lady at times. We've had, you know, girls play, put on put on their shoulder pads or how to adjust their, their chin strap, things of that nature. So um, you, you, you get just don't show up and the, the uniform throws itself on you. you got to yeah, figure a it out. There's a lot that goes into that, you know, and a, and a lot of it is going over the rules and the guidelines and the things that we expect from, from the kids. You know, if, if practice starts at 7 and you walk in at, you know, at 6:59, technically, you know, you're you're really pushing the boundary there. Um, so we really, you know, we really impress upon the kids how important it is to be punctual, to be on time, to 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 do all the things, you know, to hustle, to work hard, to show enthusiasm. And you're right, double sessions in the heat of August. Uh, you know, double sessions are kind of going the way of the dinosaur a little bit here. You know, Massachusetts doesn't do it anymore. College has changed their guidelines. New Hampshire is, I'm sure, not far behind. A lot of schools already. It's mostly Division One schools that do it. It's that's not. Right. I don't think any. I mean, there's not. If there are any Division Two or Threes, I haven't. You know, haven't heard about right. them this year. And, yeah. and, and it also has to do with the fact that you know your coaches have jobs yep. and they can't be there both sessions so you kind of have to work your schedule around when are your coaches available because you have great intentions and you have great practice plans and you have a lot of stuff you want to get in but you need coaches there to help you implement it and you're getting to the point now i think where some places you've got so many kids but you've got so many coaches too right. like you said you, you, they can't show up at 10 o'clock in the morning because they have a job that's right because you're not getting it'd be great i imagine if you had 10 teachers that could all help out with coaching football. Um, I was at Campbell um, a couple of weeks ago for one of their first practices and said to their coach Greg Gush, a couple, you know, after yep. the after um, the practice, I, you've got a coach pretty much for every three kids that are here. I think it counted thirteen coaches. Yep. Which it's I a just, huge. It's makes, it's, yeah. It it's, makes a huge difference, yeah. and certainly, you know, you can't. You have to have good quality coaches uh, working working with the kids, and and um, 
and if you can't do it, if you don't have those those coaches available to you, then you have to alter your practice plan because you know certainly you're trying to get trying to get the most bang for your buck. You you really have to get quality teachers in those positions uh, that understand what you're trying to do and um, and it's it's important. It's it's certainly and it's something that a lot of times is overlooked because you can't you know you have a hundred kids out there. You have a freshman team, a JV team, a varsity team. You have, you know, 22 different positions, including special teams. That's that's a lot. That's a lot for just a couple of folks to do. I don't think a lot of people realize how many moving parts there are <laughs> throughout the course of the week. It really, sometimes it's it amazes me yeah. that it comes out as smoothly as it it does in in some senses. And and I will tell you that the preparation leading up to the first practice is the key. Our our practice plans for the first three weeks are, are finished before the season even starts. And then when the season starts, you have a different practice plan because now you're looking at a two-hour window where you have to, you know, and, and, and a game plan that needs to be implemented. So those first three weeks, are there's a lot of stuff to, to cram in there, and you really have to have the folks in the right places to be able to, to teach and, those and things. oh by the way they have to go to school too the kids are going to well, school once, as well, well and that and that's and, the, and they're student just, athletes yeah, first yeah. and 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 certainly you know we've always uh from the time i was at the when there was just one high school and one public high school in nashua nashua high school uh coach hardy always said you know studies come first and that's something that we we did at north and i know they do it over at south and i know coach lorendi does it now uh, Coach Jackson, I know, does it over at Merrimack. So, um, you know, you have that Nashua connection, but we all we all value the academic portion of it because certainly the chances of, of going on to get paid to play football down the road is not something that's going to happen uh, for, for very many, yeah. very many kids. Uh, speaking of which, I mean, the one guy from this area that has in the last 10 years, you had the opportunity yeah. to coach here. Yeah. Um, you had a couple of teams – 9 10 yep. made it to the finals um, you know look uh, you know all of those kind of situations which which team did you you know maybe feel the best about coming out of, like what did those teams look like coming out of the preseason it's an interesting question uh, I think that the I always tell folks that the first team we ever had in 2004 when the school split we had three varsity kids three kids that had varsity experience from that that the championship unified team, th yeah, from the, the unified yeah, the team, team yeah. the year prior yeah. and i'll tell you what we were we were two and nine that year or two and eight i don't remember the exact record but i remember having so much fun with those kids and i think you know we we talked about starting tradition and building tradition and and you know uh, being the guys that wore that jersey the first time, and, and you know the younger kids would look up to you. And one, I, I, I'll remember that team fondly, uh, partly because it was my first, you know, my first head coaching job for football, um, and I, I, I just thought that was a great group. But certainly, uh, I think going into the, you know, the the 2008 season, uh, when Coach Lorendi joined the staff as the offensive coordinator, I, I knew we had something there. I thought it was going to be a pretty good group, you know, and and then 2005 and 2006, we we lost it on a tiebreaker for the playoffs that that second year. That was a great, that was a fantastic group of kids, but um, you know we had Casey Hobson at quarterback, uh, uh, Ryan Hayford at, at wide receiver, um, you know, just just a real real good group of kids. But in 08, 
we were f we lost. I think I think we lost five games by a total of fifteen points or some some. You could start to see it maybe turning the corner and, 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 a little and bit. We that were close. Year, yeah. we were so yeah. close. And I and I remember our first off season meeting. I said we're going to make a run at this thing in two thousand nine and. That's not really something you usually do as a coach. There mm. are some coaches that do it, but they but they can because they you know they have they have great talent and and I felt like that 2009 team was going to be pretty special and um, you know as it turns out that 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 group I I actually heard from uh, one of them a couple of days ago um, uh, uh, Anton Marinchik who was my starting free safety and he came back the 2010 year and was a receiver and starting free safety scored a touchdown. Uh, in the championship game against Pinkerton, uh, we're going to get together this year with Brandon Carcanis, our quarterback, and go go catch oh, a nice. couple of North Very games. Nice. And, you know, it's funny. It's uh, talking to guys like you, and not to not to jump around a little bit, but people always ask me that question that that you that you said, and to kind of piggyback on that, you know, as a former coach, your former coach, you know, I coached, mm, yeah. coached you in track, and and for you know my first, uh, will be we, I, I dating you, myself a little bit. Uh, hopefully, uh, <laughs> no one looks at what I did though on there and and, and, and judges you as a coach on that because <laughs> Joe, you were great. Wouldn't and be fair. Yeah, but, I was. But I, I had maybe the spirit, but not much. Uh, but honestly, <laughs> you look at and this is what I tell people: I, the biggest thing for a coach is to look at what the kids that you coached are doing when they finish school what you know look at what you're doing now mm. and the fact that you're involved in 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 this and i'm here with you is an awesome thing it's a testament to your work ethic it's a testament to you know look at the you you mentioned the other day when we were talking about how you go for a run every now and then and fitness has kind of stayed in your in your world in your life in your everyday activity you you go out and you know, no one wants to go out running, but you do, and so not quite so much lately. But right, yes, but, at some but, points, yes, yes, it's, it's always in the back it. of the mind. And yeah, you know, yeah. you talk about those kids when 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 uh, Anton Marinchik called me up a couple mm -hmm. days ago. He's uh, he's working in New York City uh, and 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 doing great. And all these kids, you know, they call you, they come back, you see them every now and again. I had a couple of my former players came in over the school year trying to sell me solar panels <laughs> I mean, but but you know they're 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 out there and they're doing good things and they're part of society and they're you know they're 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 doing some good stuff so it's i remember all of the teams fondly but though that you know that first year and the year after that so 2004 and 2005 and then nine and ten were really really special years mm -hmm. they were really uh you know, it was it was a really good teams, mm -hmm. really yeah. talented teams. Uh, Want to change direction a little bit? Um, I don't. I mean, obviously, been out of it for a year. This will be year number two. Um, do you still follow along as much? Do you think as as you did in the past to to look at what's coming up from the, for this year? I do. I uh, you know I still talk to coaches. I, I've I've had some offers actually to get back into it, and I and it's nice to still feel you know wanted or relevant, <laughs> but uh, but I, I you know I've I keep an eye on things a little bit, um, you know I I've I've been able to spend more time with my kids, do more family oriented things, um, and so that's kind of taken a lot of my you know and rightfully so after being gone for so many years, so many Augusts and, and late nights and all these types of things. Uh, I spend a lot of time with my family, but I do still keep an eye on. I still read mm -hmm. your stuff, and I follow, you know, follow the local news and the, and the teams. And 
I have a lot of guys that are that coached for me that are I still keep in contact mm -hmm. with, and they're at different schools now. I got. They, it seems like they're all over the place they are. every I year. A, every I got year a guy, they, another one yeah. pops up somewhere. I got yeah. a guy at Gosstown. Yeah. I got a guy at, at BG. Mm -hmm. A couple guys at BG. I, obviously at North, I have some guys. Yeah. You know, there's some guys at, at uh, Merrimack. I mean, it's and at South. Obviously, I, I've always had a good relationship with with those guys over there. Uh, that's where I started, and so it's it's. Uh, it's going to be an exciting year, I think, and, I, and certainly I'm a little biased. I think North, uh, North, I knew North was going to be good last year. I had a, I had a real good feeling. Uh, the teams that they lost to were all playoff teams. Good and, teams, yeah. And te yeah. any one of those teams could have yeah. won the championship, uh, and they pretty much did that to all the teams they played. And yeah. at the, I, I remember going to the Bedford game, and uh, I was sitting in the stands with my wife and one of the parents after the game. Bedford. Bedford was in mid-season form, and North was kind of working through some stuff. And and uh, one of the parents, you know, kind of said, oh, what do you think, Coach? I said, I think they're going to be a playoff team. I think they're going to surprise a lot of people because there's a lot of talent there. And I knew there was a lot of talent coming back. And this mm -hmm. year, you know, they lost some key some key folks, but uh, they have some pretty good weapons I, coming I, back, too. I went to that um, the scrimmage against Salem on Saturday. Mm -hmm. And the defense, um, I mean, Salem's got some good kids on offense. Yes. Um, but they hit like you would not believe. Yes. I, it it yes. was just after they gave up, you know, five or six yards. Yeah. Uh, but then again, early pre. But uh, the offense, I mean, yeah. they moved the ball well. Yep. Um, you know, they had a kid. I don't know if he was playing against the ones or twos. Um, R.J. Jenkins, who just looked. Right. I, I mean, obviously he a track run kid. A little bit. Yeah. His brother, track brother, kid. brother yeah. was a pretty good track kid. If he gets north and um, south. Forget about. And it. And then he did. He yeah. got into the second that second level yeah. and just outran kids. Yeah. Looked really good. Um, and they're they're added this year into Friday the Queen City Jamboree. That's right. Um, That's which right. is kind of like the unofficial uh, kickoff to. Kick I know there. Season, I know right. there are a couple other jamborees this week um, around the state. This one's the one that's in Manchester in Hill Stadium. It's you, you play yeah. a half. You yep. play with your starters. Uh, the kicking game is involved. Mm -hmm. um, you're wearing so your uniforms. You're I mean, wearing that's your a uniforms, big and there's guys in the yeah. press box. You've gained, you know, you've done a little bit of game planning. That's the one thing that you know a lot of times people think about scrimmages. Um, as a barometer, it's really not because you don't prepare to win a scrimmage. You're not trying to beat the other team. You're really trying to work on your stuff. Um, you know, what what series of plays are we going to run here, regardless of what they're doing? Mm -hmm. uh, what what kind of things do we want to run defensively? And you talk about it with the, the other coach when you come in. Look, you know, we're going to do, you know, 15 plays. Uh, then I'd like to switch with our ones, and we'll go twos for 12 plays, and then we'll go – you know, we'll do some some blitz package stuff where you know we'll tell you where we're coming from and and you pick up the blitz. So it's it's really kind of predetermined. You really don't think too much about beating the other team. You try and get a look at as many kids as you can, and that's why a lot of schools. And we started with Manchester Central. One of the best things we did, and I know North still does it. We we do a double session with with right, Manchester Central, right. and we get more out of that than we ever do a scrimmage because sometimes you know in a scrimmage you lose. You lose sight of what you're trying to really accomplish. Whereas if you run it as a practice, you know, you mentioned getting getting the hitting and it's tough to hit the same, you know, jersey every day, same color jersey. Mm -hmm. You get someone else out there and now now it starts to click so a little bit. It's a bit. little different, yeah. And you get yeah. a lot more and, and the film breakdown is, is much better and every you know, every student athlete is involved in, in some way, shape or form in the drills. So mm -hmm. it's it really is I think more beneficial. Now you get to, you know, obviously you get into the Manchester uh, situation uh, in the, with the Jamboree, and I think that's a great thing because you, 
know, everybody comes out and they want to see who's looking good and who, you know, who looks sharp and crisp. Mm-hmm. And you have prepared a little bit. Um, but I can imagine it's big for scouting purposes too. No um, question. Yeah, if you're not. No in question. It, if you're yeah. not, and yeah. even if you are hanging around, I know. Yeah. Every year, you kind of look around and see the teams that played early in the day. Yeah, sticking around. Well, you know, it's funny, Joe. Is the is, is you know when we started back in, I started in Nashville back in '96. I used to bring VHS tapes, you know, I'd, to different schools, drop them off in exchange. And now it's all done, you know, on huddle digitally on the on the internet. You can watch a film from anywhere you want. You can send film. You know, to, to colleges. You can watch them on your phone now. That's you, right. They have that That's app right. that they yeah. have now. So, you can, it's great. But the one thing you can't, like, there are things that you can't get from film that you can get when you go to the, for example, uh, the cadence of the quarterback. How does their cadence sound? And it's important because when you practice preparing for that team that week, you tell the look team quarterback, here's the cadence you're going to use this week. Is it down, set, hut? Is it ready, set, go? Is it down set two to four six eight do they i mean everybody has a different cadence right um and you can't get that from a film so you know there's a lot that you know sometimes you send your minions to different places to scout and all that kind of thing but <laughs> that's where the 13 coaches come in handy on for a saturday or yep. a friday night. Yep. the one thing I, I read over the um the schedule for friday real quick because yep. it kind of interests me yep. um starts at 3 30 on friday at the, like i said at gill stadium in manchester with trinity and west yep. Um, they schedule everybody for an hour, so Sauhegan and Memorial, 4.30, yep. North and Bedford after that. And then these next three kind of, I'm surprised at them. Be, it's Concord and Central, yep. Timberlane and Londonderry, yep. and then Salem and Goffstown. Now, those first two meetings are teams that are in the same conference with each other. Right. but And then Salem and Goffstown are also crossing over this year. So you've got three scrimmages there between teams that are going to play during the regular season right. that strikes me as really odd one of the things we used to play Winnicunit and we used to scrimmage them and when we found out that we were going to be playing them during the year we kind of went away from that scrimmage a little bit simply because it was week one or week two right if it's later on in the s- in the season it really doesn't matter as much and you and you really don't know how much again how much are these teams going to show you know that first that first uh, game. Are they going to play their starters for the whole time? Or are they going to, you know, what are they going to do? Are they going to play their second team? So the approach to the the approach to the thing could be different for each, you know, for each. And Coach Ray does a really good job, you know, talking to the coaches ahead of time. If those coaches didn't want those matchups, I'm sure he would have done it so that, yeah. so that so yeah. that they wouldn't play against each other. But I think the case might be that they play each other so so much later in the season, or or whatever the case might be, or they're not going to show their hand. Um, ultimately, it's high school football. You still got to line up. You still got to, you know, you still got to execute. And they're Sco- teenagers. You schools know? like Pinkerton have been doing the same thing for how many years yeah. now, and it, they still, <laughs> for ages, you know, right. it's not like anybody's. I, I want to say not figured it out, but they I still win. Watching when I was, oh my god, middle school, I think, and I told Coach O'Reilly this. I watched uh, the Joe Segretti Ryan Mahalko team that he had back in 85 or 86 beat Keen, the Keen Blackbirds 52 to nothing and i remember <laughs> i think it was on WMUR and i rem- i vividly remember those two guys and uh, and i talked to him about it it's, but it's again that machine has been running you know uh, 7 and 4 is a bad year for them yeah you know um, but when you have that many kids and you have a great feeder system and, and uh, the coach has, has shown that what he is doing works and, and his assistant coaches have been mm-hmm. there also for and a he's while. he's thrown a new wrinkle in there for himself the too being uh, the athletic yeah. director yeah yeah that's in, that's yeah. going to be a, that's that's going to be a, an interesting task and i know he also does the lacrosse so 
uh, you know, if there's if there's anybody that can do it, 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 uh, it certainly right, would be him. Right, absolutely. No um, and they're, this, I think, is the first year in a while that they're not in it. North coming in to replace them. Um, right. And that's that's the other thing, too, with the scheduling, is it's these are, aside from that change, these are the same teams that have been in it the last couple of years. Right. So who are you going to, you're kind of stuck in a way trying to match the teams up because of this new cycle. Right. Or the way, I shouldn't say it's new because we're now in the fourth year of, the division format, but I wanted I wanted to ask you about that too. Sure. Just um, yeah. you know, because you look at, at, I at this it. year, I, I do too. I, I think it's a it's a much more interesting yeah. um, format, and yeah. you know, it's it's not as predictable in some sense. Sure. Um, and w- of course, that's good for me on this side of this as a, a fan and as a media person. Right. And but for a coach player, I don't know how. Sometimes it can be good. Sometimes it can be bad. But the difference. Being this year is is now you look at Division One and it's now the one that's different from the others. You know they started out each con each division with the the four conferences. They moved Division Two or three, excuse me, to two la- uh, two years ago. Yeah. Division Two is now the same this year. Do you think Division One? I mean, I, I I personally like that they rotate the schedules every year. I would hate to see you know the same teams always playing each other. Um, I think rotating it is good. I think that, you know, there was a lot of talk about, I mean, you look at some teams that have had success, uh, you know, you look at your, Alvern had a, had a nice run a couple of years ago, you look at what Goffstown did last year, um, I think moving in, moving and, and playing, you know, crossing over the conferences is good because it, it allows, you know, as coaches, you, you, you have to stay sharp and prepare for different teams and different yeah. things, and it keeps the kids all fresh, uh, you know, seeing what they're going to see. And, and ultimately, I think the, 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 the biggest improvement is you're not leaving a team out that's, you know, that has a great record. Uh, you know, when the, when they first started the format, it didn't it didn't work out that way. Yeah, a couple of teams yeah. were, were sitting well, at home saying, "Wait a minute." You had what two, four, and five teams playing playing? Yeah, That's two right. years ago. Right. Yeah, so I think, yeah. You know, I think if you if you if you look at the way it is, look, you're always going to have things that you can Im- improve upon. And but I think right now the formula is is pretty good and when I look at the schedule and I see who's playing who you really can't say oh that's an easy game or that's an easy game you look at what Timberlane did last year and uh, certainly you know I think it all starts with you know you have to have a quarterback mm-hmm. that kid was pretty special right uh, and certainly the Goffstown kid um, but when you you look at those things you gotta have a quarterback the uh, the, the fun uh, stat I like to throw out there after last season is you were three years into this mm-hmm. and you look at division one there's if you don't don't include um, take Manchester West out of it, right. they were in in there for that first season. Right. Um, of the twenty teams in Division One, seventeen of them have made the playoffs in those three years, and the three that haven't are you know Dover, who's been down a couple years, Merrimack, who it, it's kind of weird. Everyone's maybe looking at as one of the favorites this year, despite the fact they've made the playoffs once in twenty years. Right. 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 And 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 this is the hard one to believe. Winnicott hasn't been a playoff team in those three years although they were close last year that's a good football team and well coached team yeah i think i think you hit the nail on the head you look at this parody and i think what has happened is um you know there's a lot of stuff going on in the off season and the seven on seven the lifting the camps um and you have to do those things if you you know if you want to if you want to be relevant if you want to be talked about at the end of the year you really have to be involved in some way, shape, or form. You also look at the amount of multi-sport athletes 
on these teams that are having this success. They are not one sport athletes. These kids play two and most of them play three sports a year, be it basketball or track or baseball, they are involved. So they, they know how to compete. They know how to be coached. They know different stressful situations that they can handle. And so I think you're seeing a lot of success because really the uh, people are catching up. Mm-hmm. It's not right. that your right. your Pinkertons or your Exeters are getting worse. It's that other people are getting better, and you know, and there are a lot of good young coaches out there that, you know, they have the time, they put in the effort, they know the game, uh, and they're committed to the program, and and you know they want to make, they want to bring that to their school, and so. Um, yeah, that's. I didn't know that statistic. Actually, now that I'm thinking 17. about it, it might be actually be four teams. I'm trying to remember if a memori- I don't okay. think Memorial got in there either. So four teams in okay. those three years. Okay. That, but that still. But still. And, and I mean, it's still. You're a also. And what you're doing is you're making it so that, you know, you're get, more teams have a chance. Mm-hmm. More teams have a chance. So right. If you don't win your conference, it's not you, the end of the you world. Can still you get can still get in. And you could be third in your you conference could, now right, and still right. get in. So I think that's the, that's the biggest thing because, you know, you always. You know, back before they did this stuff, and in Division One anyway, I can speak to this. Um, you knew Pinkerton nine times out of ten was going to be there. You know, so they were. And they almost spot. weren't last year. And they almost. It weren't. came down to right. a, a last-minute drive right, there. Exactly, it's Timberlane, right? Uh, you knew that Nashua was probably going to be there. You knew that Manchester Central was probably going to be there, and then Londonderry, you know, in the early and late and late nineties as well. So the so if you weren't one of those four teams, it was like. Maybe oh. we can catch lightning. How in many bottle. how many years in the in the two thousands there was it Sauhegan and Plymouth every right. single year in every Division year. Three, right? Every or right. BG and Exeter in Division right. Two, BG, right? Exactly. And, and, right. The, and you you don't have that as much. And I and what's interesting in Division Two now is you you mentioned you can finish third in your conference and yeah. still get in That's Division right. Two this year. You could finish seventh if it works out the right way and still be a playoff team because of that football rating. <laughs> well, I've never, I, be, I've never been I don't think that's going to happen. Right, but, yeah, but it could. But, but, it, but could. It, it could. Yeah, yeah. I've never been a fan of, you know, I, I love the fact that, that the NHIA, there's a lot of opportunities for kids to have success. And sometimes you see the tournament, you see a team that's, you know, four and, you know, four and 13 or something. Right. And they get, and they get in. Right. And, you know, if it happened to be baseball, those four wins could have come off the arm of one good pitcher. And that kid pitches round one, and he goes out and beats the number one seed. Right. I've never kind of liked that. I've liked the, that you had to earn earn your way into that into that postseason. Um, and I think that, that the NHIA has it, for the most part, they have it right. And, it's, and you know, it's, it's always subject to change. But, mm-hmm. uh, but I think it's, it's definitely going in the right direction. I think it makes things really interesting come November. Yeah. I think a lot of people are, get really excited for playoff football in New Hampshire uh, because of the new the format. New format and, right. and, and you're going to play someone that, that you haven't, you know, you, you don't always play. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so it makes it kind of, and now that they're playing the championship games at UNH, and that new stadium, uh, that's it's, it's going to be phenomenal with be, that. Yeah, it's going to be outstanding. Yeah, no question. All right. Well, I think that's about all we got for today. Start uh, wrapping this up. Uh, take a look ahead at what's coming up on the site in the next week. Um, coming up this Friday, as we get ready for the jamboree, we'll have a uh, profile on a kid from Nashua North, Max Fay. Uh, very intense young man, I will Great say. Young man. Uh, Great was, young was actually man. a lot of fun talking to him. Um, although he didn't smile at all, so I'm a little. That's little, okay. little, yeah, that's that the way, the way he is. Yeah, <laughs> he's a great, he's a great uh, kid. And Good also on, on Monday, uh, a kid from Conval, uh, Liam Baldwin, who they think no one knows for sure, but they think he may have set a receiving record 
uh, career-wise. He had, a, I guess, he's got over 100 catches in his career, wow. but no one seems That's to know what the record him. is in the state because no one's kept it. Okay. Uh, so we'll have a profile on him coming up. Uh, a recap of the Queen City Jamboree uh, Saturday morning. A little bit of soccer coverage starting early next week. And then uh, next Wednesday, I'll be joined here uh, by Ro with Roger Brown from the Union Leader and New Hampshire Football Report. So this uh, for Jason Roby, former National North football coach, I'm Joe Marcellina. Thank you for joining us this week, and hope you join us again for next, uh, next week's Ninth State Sports Show.